So next Wednesday, October 23rd, we're going to bring it to you live. Multifamily Foundation Podcast is ready to launch. Imagine if you could not fail. If the foundation of your multifamily business had a blueprint that was built by the best. Well, this is what the Multifamily Foundation Podcast gives you. We're going to bring you actionable content with tools to strengthen your multifamily business. From finding deals to raising money to asset management, we will give you a formula for success. Now, this comes with entrepreneurship. It comes with lifestyle. It comes with building yourself so you're ready to take down whether it's a four unit or a $25 million deal. We're going to bring you the resources to make that happen. Are you ready to build your foundation? If you are, listen in. Let's do this. This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to have able to have. And if you want to hear more about us, go to yourusiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey Multifamily Investment Meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right, check out the show. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash J and P. Again, that's alphafunding.com backslash J and P to connect or submit a deal today. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for coming on the show today. We're super excited. We're going to talk about topics that we haven't talked about on the show, but are going to be hugely beneficial, whether it's for yourself or for helping others around you. We have Matthew J. Nielsen on the show. Hey, Matt, how are you? Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming on the show. And so Matthew is the managing director at Stonecrest Partners. He's a 20 plus year veteran of the investment service industry, serving high net worth individuals in a family office environment. Matt brought the household endowment model to Stonecrest Partners, which emphasizes the use of alternative investments to an individual's investment portfolio, including but not limited to private real estate. He also specializes in unique issues facing professional athletes and entertainers. He holds FINRA Series 6, 7, 63 and 66 licenses, as well as insurance licenses in multiple states. Matt has extensive experience with professional athlete disability insurance, including multiple sports, and works with many of the nation's top thoroughbred jockeys. Matt is based out of Ridgewood, New Jersey, which we're right locals here, and resides, of course, in Bergen County. So, Matt, thanks so, so much for coming on the show. You know, take us back. So, what was the, what was the impetus to, to want to get into this sector? What drew you to this? 
Um, really, it was when we uh, work with high net worth individuals, you know, we're traditional wealth managers um, in a kind of a boutique type firm. So we're not a UBS or Morgan Stanley. We're more of a small wealth management firm that works with uh, high net worth investors, believing that a part of your investments should be allocated to alternatives. And alternatives could be private equity, private debt, and certainly includes private real estate. Um, so over the years, we've been allocating our clients' portfolios to different types of private real estate. It could be a non-traded REIT. It could be uh, in a tick format as a private investor in a lot of different ways. And we were introduced by a lot of these planned sponsor companies, some of, the, some of these large companies that put out these alternative investment investments for high net worth individuals. Um, we were induced by them to the DST saying, you know, you do a lot of this for your clients. You should also do it for real estate investors um, as a replacement property in a 1031 exchange and really introduced us to the Delaware Statutory Trust, and, uh, which we refer to as the DST. And it kind of ran from there with me and my two partners, uh, Debbie Stackpole and Ed Kasparavich. We work as a team here uh, with real estate investors in a 1031 exchange situation, helping find them a, a passive uh, replacement property in that 1031 exchange. Sure. And so for the DST, for people who are not familiar with the term, could you expand a bit? Uh, yeah, the Delaware Statutory Trust is a trust set up by the plan sponsor, uh, which could be a large investment company. Uh, Inland is one of the largest uh, exchange right. Cantor Fitzgerald, certainly a name that a lot of people in our area uh, would, would know. Um, they buy an investment property uh, or properties. It could be more than one, but let's, uh, for the sake of conversation, just say it's one property. They put it in a trust format, and then investors in a 1031 exchange can buy their proportionate share of that DST. So it might be a 30, 40, 50 million dollar building. They may have a million dollar 1031 transaction. Love it. And we, we had a lot of conversations about where this would come into play with, with someone who, who may be utilizing a 1031 or not. What are, what are some of the main uses for an investor that they would, they would source or, or use a DST? There, there's really three or four big reasons. Um, the first one is probably one that's not so much for, for your audience or your listeners, but it could come into play for them. The, the largest one is, um, you know, you have a elderly investor or property owner that doesn't want to manage their property anymore or can't, can't physically manage their property anymore, but they also can't sell it because the capital gains tax are so great. Um, if they, uh, they're now able with the use of a DST to sell the property, roll it, roll those proceeds into a Delaware statutory trust, become a passive investor where all they're doing is collecting an income stream every month. And they still, uh, wait for at their passing for the step up and basis for their beneficiaries. That's really the, the, the one of the big reasons why people do it. The second reason is um, what the IRS refers to as the boot. So you have somebody that sells a building for $3 million and they find the perfect replacement property for $2.5 million. That half million dollar difference is taxable in a 1031 exchange. They can take that half million, that boot, put it into a DST and have the whole $3 million be a tax deferred uh, 1031. Um, the last reason, and this is where it's most underused, 
um, is you, you can identify it as a safety net. And you, as you know, the 1031 rules are pretty strict. You have 45 days from close of your sale to identify a replacement property and then run concurrently 180 days to close on that property. And that includes, those aren't business days. Those include holidays, those include weekends, those include everything. So 45 days is, is pretty quick to find something. Um, say you find that perfect, perfect property that you wanna invest in and it's an active property and you're gonna identify that on day 44. Well, if on day 46, you find you didn't get financing, there's environmental issues, the seller decides I'm not going to sell that property. Now you're past your identification period. You only identified the one property and now you're paying the tax. You can no longer uh, go through a 1031 exchange. What uh, a lot of investors do is they'll identify a DST as a safety net. It doesn't cost anything to identify another property. Um, the, the investment company sponsor will hold that, that piece for you while you finish your exchange. And if you, if you never need it, hopefully you never do, then you, you, you're still an active owner in your new property. But if you, if something falls through, now you have that safety net that you can go into the DST and you're not paying the tax on the 1031 exchange. Those are the great. Last the last way it's used, um, and this is where I think it could be very beneficial to your listeners, and we find a lot of real estate brokers have introduced this, is you find a property that you like that's not on the market. And for some way, you get in contact with that owner or that owner's attorney or one of their advisors, and you realize they can't sell that property because they don't want to pay the tax. You can introduce them to the DST. And that might be something to get them off off the, the the shelf and put that property up on the on the market. Is there some good talk points when you're talking to that owner that, that you would reference that that you would hit on in the first not to make it like um, you know sometimes if people haven't heard a term they 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 ultimately brush it off. Is there a good way to make this a um, a common conversation? It, um, I, I think there is. I think the best way to start the conversation is, do you want to be an active property owner anymore? Because if you want to be active and deal with the toilets and tenants and the trash and the termites and all those things, then, you know, then this isn't for you because you, you, are, a, uh, you are a passive investor. Um, the average hold of a DST is about five years, and then you're back at the 1031 table again. But as an investor, you can't decide you can't go tell Cantor Fitzgerald, I want you to sell that property. Um, you know, kind of uh, the term silent partner is very uh, applicable here. Um, so you can't, you can't change your mind once you're in it. So that isn't for some people. You know, some people want to be active, but there's some people, a lot of people out there, especially elderly, that own property. They need to, they need to pass away with that property for the beneficiaries to get their step up and basis. And, um, you know, but they don't really want to, they don't really want to deal with it anymore. So if you, if you roll, whether it's the boot or, or everything into, into DST, is there a timeline that you're set within this or could you stay in this for you know, an unlimited horizon? Um, just about all DSTs have a cap at 10 years. So they'll be out of it in 10 years. And one of the rules of the DST is, um, most, most properties have in the DST have financing on them and that financing doesn't exceed 10 years and they can't refinance. So that's one of the rules of the DST. 
So um, 10 years is really the cap. We see five years as the average, and we actually see that coming down a little bit. Hmm. I think people want options, and they don't mind being back at the 1031 table because if you bought a multifamily in Virginia and a DST, and now four years later they're selling it at a profit, then you probably don't mind going into a DST in Colorado or Texas or you know, another multifamily. You, you just, you're just back at the 1031 table and you just roll it over again. In fact, about 80% of people uh, coming out of a DST roll it into another DST. Wow. And so you have that option too. So you get to the 10-year the expiration, you just roll into another DST. That's great to know. Is there, when you, when you are entertaining this, this prospect, you say we were to work with Stonecrest, when, when is best to engage you? Is this, um, you know, when, when we're thinking about selling our asset or after we already have a contract to sell just with the, the, the cusp of the 45 days coming upon us or what is the engagement process? I, I think when you're thinking about selling is the good time to reach out um, and talk about what your options are. Um, DSTs are, you know, there's about 20, 25 companies that issue DSTs. Um, they sell out very quickly. So when somebody puts a multifamily out in Maryland, um, you know, it's probably out there for only two months or so, two, three months, and then it's sold out, you know, so there's an ever evolving inventory of DSTs that, that we follow. So I think it's important a couple months out, you know, as you're listing your property and you think you have a bid is to start talking to us about what your, what your thoughts are, what you're looking to go into. Um, do you want multifamily? Do you want self-storage? Do you want healthcare? Um, do you want a hotel DST? Um, and we can start seeing what's available for you. Just like, you know, remember we manage money for high net worth individuals. We're, we're used to building portfolios for our clients. Um, most cases, we will build a portfolio of DSTs. We wouldn't take somebody and just put them in one DST. We would put them in a, in a portfolio to diversify amongst asset class, geography, amongst plant sponsor company. Um, but also, those DSTs in theory will all be coming due at different times. So say you had a million dollars and we put it in four different DSTs uh, of equal amounts. When that first one gets sold, you're back at the 1031 table of 250,000. You may wanna take that cash and pay the tax. You may wanna take that and buy another property or you just might wanna roll that into another DST, but you have the option to do that in pieces rather than the whole million dollars that you, were, that you started off with that you had to do something with. Um, then once, once you know of a closing date, that's when we really start building that portfolio and we go to these plan sponsor companies and have them hold a certain piece in the DST for you. Um, because you know, once, once you close, you wanna be, you know, 45 days is quick. It's very quick. Sure, that's right. And with this here, say an investor for one reason doesn't want to diversify, he just wants to be in, the hotel space. I'll just pick the hotel space. How, how do you identify the best of the hotel DSTs to involve? And what, what are the key standpoints? Are you looking at the operator? Are you looking at the deal itself? Or just from a DST perspective, what stands out? We, we always start with the operator first. We, we want to be with the, with the best companies. And when I say there's 25, 20 to 25 DST firms out there, we probably deal with about six or seven of those um, as a whole, but predominantly. Um, you know, so first is the plan sponsor company. You want to look at their track record. You want to make sure they've done it before. Um, the DST came into existence in 2004. 
by 2008, there was about 25 companies that were issuing DSTs. Um, after the crash in 2008, 2009, there was only about three left. Oh, wow. um, so now we're back up to, you know, the market's been good. Now we're back up to another 25, 30, just like we were. Um, so we want to make sure we're with companies that have been around a while, maybe not just with DSTs, maybe they've been issuing non-traded REITs or other type of real estate investments, but we want to go with, uh, with people that know what they're doing. They know how to manage properties. That's first and foremost. Then we get into the different properties. Do you want class A? Do you want class B? Do you want a combination of both? Um, do you like uh, San Antonio, Texas, or do you like Colorado better? Um, you know, we get into just like any other investor, whether it's a 1031 or not, you know, there's certain areas that you like and certain areas that you don't. So we'll start talking about those things, but it's always based on availability too. Um, but uh, there's always a big inventory, but uh, you know, some of them sell out very quickly. Sure. Um, you know, as an example, uh, Cantor Fitzgerald put out a property in, uh, in the Midwest that was uh, leased by Amazon. You know, that sold out in probably about 40 days. Everybody wants to invest in a property where Amazon's your tenant. You know, the, uh, the, the rent checks come in every month. Yeah, that's right. If looking at DSTs, could you, could you identify some pitfalls, or I won't necessarily say pitfalls, or, or some downside to utilizing a DST? I think the biggest downside is the liquidity and you, you become, you become that silent partner. Uh, we use the example, you know, it's like getting on a plane and JFK and flying to LA. You can't decide once you're over St. Louis that you want to stop in Denver, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to LA. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's the biggest thing, um, you know, uh, it, it is you lose control over what you want to do. Um, but a lot of people, that's the benefit of the DST as well. They no longer sure. want to, control of it. They no longer want to, uh, you know, be managing the property. Um, but I say, I, I'll say that that's the biggest negative. Um, and then the other is like any other investment, you want to make sure you're with the right companies. Is there a, a sizing or an amount that doesn't make sense? So if someone was to roll over a hundred thousand dollars versus a million or, or 50,000, is there a, a, a sizing amount of money that doesn't make sense to utilize this? Most DSTs have a $100,000 minimum. Um, we, we do see some every now and then that have $50,000 minimums, and that's really for the people that boot. Um, that's really where that would come into play. Um, but there really isn't. You know, we, we have, we've done deals at 100000 and we've done deals at, you know, over $15 million. Um, Once you get over $15 million, you have a lot more options. You know, yeah. some plan sponsors might, help choose a building for you and they'll manage it in the DST, but then you have a little more say because you might be the only investor in it. Gotcha. So, um, you know, their track records on the line. So they're still going to advise and they're still in control. But, um, you know, once you're over 15 million, you certainly have a lot more options on what you can do and customize certain things. I think, you know, there's the hundred minimum. Once you're over a million, there's other types of replacement options that uh, might open up. Uh, in the non-DST world that uh, are outside investments. Sure. Uh, but uh, I, th there really isn't a cap. You know, this works for somebody that does $25 million as well as it works for somebody at 250 Where do you see the industry going with the DSTs? Any, any recommendations on, on how to get ahead of, of any changes like, like what happened to the implementation in 2004? Anything to keep note on? Um, I, I just think there's a lot more companies coming into the space 
Um, and in fact, uh, about 30% of DST investors are non-1031 investors. So if you decide, I just want to invest in real estate, like we see people doing that, rather than go into a non-traded REIT, because in a non-traded REIT, you don't really know what you're buying or what you're investing in. Um, you know, asset class or whatever. With the DST, you know what the property is. You have the you have the address of what the property is or properties. You know, there's a self storage DST that might have 23, 25 self storage facilities in it. But you know exactly what properties you're buying. Um, so I think I think that model is is becoming more and more popular for even non 1031 investors. Um, but I, I think you're going to see a lot more plan sponsors coming into the space. Um, they're, they're selling very fast. I mean, we, we get the reports on what's available and how many days on the market and uh, um, just like any other real estate uh, investment. And we see things going a lot more quickly um, than it was before. Um, you know, the tax law change was the big concern uh, when Trump put in the tax law changes because there was talk of eliminating the 1031 exchange, which they did for all asset classes except for real estate. So people used to 1031 art and cattle and things that we don't, you know, think about in New Jersey, but people 1031 cattle. Interesting. Um, but uh, that's all off the table. They only kept real estate in the 1031. So, you know, tax changes are always, uh, could always be a concern, but uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening with real estate now. I love it. I love it. This has been highly informational. Thanks for this. And this can be a key resource for you listening today to, to put into your tool belt to help you assist you, whether it's on your side, the deal side or other on, there's a lot of owners out there who've held properties for what, you know, 20, 30 years and just don't want to do it anymore, but their base is so low. They just know they're going to get crushed with taxes and being able to, to explain this well could be a viable tool for you going forward. So, so Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show for, for people that want to learn more about your company, learn more about you guys. What's the best way to connect? Um, you go to our website, stonecrestpartners.com and uh, click on the Ridgewood team. Uh, or just look us up in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey. We're headquartered out of Austin, Texas, and have uh, offices in Coral Gables, uh, Puerto Rico, San Antonio. But uh, our New York uh, office, New York area office, is here in Ridgewood, and we're the ones that head up the DST team here. Oh, with, uh, myself, along with my partners. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been great. All right, th thank you. I appreciate it. Well, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Huge thank you to Matthew Nielsen. Have a great day. Bye now. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash J and P. Again, that's alphafunding.com backslash J and P to connect or submit a deal today. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. 
Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash J and P. Again, that's alphafunding.com backslash J and P to connect or submit a deal today.